2: Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome into Bucknuts What We Learned Live. I am Dave Biddle following Ohio State's 49-20 to win at Michigan State. Pretty nice way to start the road schedule for the Buckeyes. They just look like a juggernaut right now. I love where they're at. Uh, they look like the best team in the nation to me. So we're going to talk about what we learned from this game. Uh, welcome into the show. Uh, we're going to take questions later. I, you know, I don't even think 49-20 even does it justice. You know, at one point um, there, like midway through the fourth quarter before that uh, garbage touchdown for Michigan State, the total yardage battle was 604 for Ohio State, 110 for Michigan State. 604 for Ohio State, 110 for Michigan State. They absolutely dominated this game, um, absolutely loved it. So we're going to get into what we learned um, right after I retweet the show um, so the people on Twitter can also join in on the live audience. Um What a performance for the Buckeyes. You got to love where they're at right now. Georgia ended up taking care of business today, but, you know, Georgia's looked a little shaky um, a couple times this year. Uh, We'll see how Alabama looks, especially without uh, Bryce Young tonight. I mean, Alabama hasn't looked like a juggernaut other than the first game against um, Notre Dame. I think Ohio State has, um, they've looked absolutely fantastic. So let's get into what we learned from the game tonight. Um, Tons of stuff that we learned. First of all, like I said, the total yardage discrepancy was absolutely crazy. I mean, for Ohio State to have over 600 yards, for Michigan State to have barely over 100, you know, you know midway through the fourth quarter, Michigan State got to, you know, over what, over 160. Uh, Ohio State over – so still Michigan State under 200 yards, Ohio State over 600 yards. Absolutely domination. And um, C.J. Stroud had the one – he had the pick six. Other than that, he just – I mean I, – if he didn't already have the Heisman, he does now. We've said it before that this this young man has the Heisman unless he's going to get hurt. Unless he gets hurt, he's got it. And, you know, final stats tonight, 21 of 26, 361 yards, six touchdowns, and the aforementioned pick six. 21 of 26, 361, six touchdowns, one interception. Uh, amazing. And just some of the balls he threw were just incredible. And how about Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka? Emeka Egbuka is looking like he might win the Bolitnikov, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Might, might, might say, what about me? And they don't even have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was the favorite coming into the year to win the Bolitnikov. But at least they didn't lose two uh, first-round wide receivers from last year's team. It's absolutely incredible. So we learned the total yardage battle. What's crazy we learned the cj stroud we learned that cj stroud is going to win the heisman unless he gets hurt i mean there's just no doubt about it at this point and archie griffin's uh record of you know two-time heisman trophies that's going to stay again um we learned this is wide receiver you i just alluded to it i mean julian fleming enters the year as the number four wide receiver now he's the number three another great game out of julian fleming tonight um He begins the season as the number four wide receiver. He was the number one wide receiver in the country in the 2020 class. Wide receiver, you. Unbelievable. All right, we learned Jim Knowles is everything we thought he was and more. Everything we thought he was is more. I mean, Jim Knowles is just – he's taken this defense that was uh, terrible the last two years and and has turned them into one of the top units in the country. Now, listen, Michigan State's not going to get confused with a good team. I get that on either side of the ball. Um, but I mean, they just flat out embarrassed them for, you know, until they put the backups in Michigan state. Couldn't do anything 110 total yards until that garbage time touchdown late and flying around out there. I mean, Michael Hall jr. We continue to learn that we, we didn't learn that today, but we continue to learn that Michael Hall jr. Is just an absolute animal. He is an animal out there. Um, And I'll take your questions later. I'm sure there's plenty of questions, but uh, I just want to get into all the different things that we learned. And then we'll get into uh, questions. If I had a producer, I I could have somebody, uh, you know, laying out the comments and questions as I do this. But um, I'm flying solo right now. Um, You know, I I did find it interesting that um, Michael Hall Jr. didn't get the start. It was Jerron Cage out there with Teron Vincent. So that was the first thing I wrote in my – in my notes, I was a little, little concerned. I was like, Where's Michael Hall Jr.? You know, not, nothing against Jerron Cage, but uh, I'm glad he's on the team. Six year senior, Jerron Cage. Um, but, you know, and Teron Vincent's playing really well. But I was like, Where's, where's Michael Hall Jr.? Well, we found out he was all over Michigan State's uh, backfield, all in their backfield all night is where he was. But he, he didn't start. So I found that interesting. But that, that turned out to not be a big deal. How about Lathan Ransom? He gets a start over Josh Proctor. Huge interception, third and seven on that first drive. Lathan Ransom makes the you know makes the play, and that that's not an easy play. You know he got back there, like, he read it perfectly, um, makes the interception in the end zone. Almost looked like a he was like fielding a punt over his shoulder there. Great play play by Lathan Ransom, who continues to play at an all American level in my opinion. Maybe not first team all American, but just seriously, I mean he's playing at it like at least a you know somewhat of an all American level this year. That's how that's how good he's playing. First team all Big Ten third team all-american i don't know i i love the, what, what lathan Ransom's doing and and guys and gals josh proctor was out there when they had the backups in there late in the game so was jack sawyer so we learned that josh proctor and jack sawyer i mean if you're out there that late when all of the backups are in there all the starters and even the top uh, backups are out of the game i found that very interesting that josh proctor not only didn't start but was in there like at the very end of the game in the fourth quarter, same thing with Jack Sawyer. So, um, so there you go. Your starting defensive ends, um, JT Tuimolo Al and uh, Zach Harrison. Zach Harrison also moves inside to D tackle at times. Zach Harrison had a bad penalty, but overall, again, I thought it played solid. Man, I can't say enough things about nice enough things about Emeka Igbuka. What a stud! What an absolute stud. Okay, Travion Henderson. Now, obviously, he got hurt again. But well, my God, was he great in the first half? I mean, and we're used to Trey being like that home run hitter. He he was almost like Mayan Williams tonight. Mayan Williams sat out. Trey's out there trucking guys. That poor kid at that, that True Freshman, you know, they met and, and Trey would went, you know, Ram mode on him. They put that head down, you know, like they're like Rams butting head. And that, that kid got knocked out cold. Thank goodness he's okay. Um, word is he's okay. Um, you know which we see that all the time in, in football. It's not like a huge surprise. It's like a boxer getting knocked out. Um, you know, thank goodness that kid's okay. He was able to move his legs. That's the one thing you're concerned about. Is like, is he paralyzed? You know, is he able to move his extremities? Okay. okay. Sucks that he's knocked out, but, you know, he'll be okay. Um, so good thing that, that that young man's okay. But I tell you what, I love the way Travion Henderson was running that football. Um, he was trucking guys, not just that play, Um. There were plays. I mean, I was really impressed with how he ran that football. It's almost like uh, Mayan Williams upstaging him this year and the way Mayan's running has uh, lit a fire under Trey. And Trey got banged up, had to leave the game. I think he could have came back if he wanted to. In fact, Holly Rowe reported that, that he could have come back. Um, thankfully, the, the you know, the, the play that – his final play where he got banged up was – it looked like a, just a blow to the thigh. might have been like, you know, one of those Charlie horse things where, like, Looked like it was, one, it was very painful, but probably not in anything like long-term. He'll, he'll be sore tomorrow. Good thing it wasn't like a re-injury of that uh, foot, although he seemed to re-injure, re-injure the foot a little bit earlier in the game. That's going to be something that lingers all year probably with Travion, but, man, it just seems like when that adrenaline gets going, um, it's not affecting him too much, and I love how hard he's running. Can't say enough about Trey. I mean, I wrote it down so many times how much um, he was trucking guys and just running hard, so we learned that Travion Henderson is uh, – He ain't just a home run hitter. And by the way, on his, that early um, long run, 26 yards, what's the the complaint that some fans have about Travion Henderson? Oh, that he's he's not, uh, you know, he doesn't have good enough vision. He doesn't have good enough vision. He had great vision on that play. Yeah, a little jump cut to the left, boom, boom. Um, You know, boom. And that's not even where the play was supposed to go. It wasn't just – you know, oh, look for it. It's like it was supposed to, I think it was supposed to go to the right, and he saw it was blocked and boom, cut to the left, bam. Saw, and there, you know, looked like he was going to get bottled up and goes for 26 yards. Um, I thought he might take it to the house there, actually, but, um, showed good vision there. That's the one thing people have been talking about. You know, ran hard. I think he's underrated how physical he is, Travion. So, Teron Vincent again, tackle for a loss early, you know, um, Good to see Teron Vincent stepping up. That's huge. That's absolutely huge for Teron Vincent to step up like that. Absolutely huge. Um, Okay, as an aside, like replay reviews take way too long. Like there's times where it's like so obvious. Herbie was even talking about this. Like it's like it's so obvious. It should take like five seconds at the most. Even five seconds, you're being like kind. And it takes like two minutes, which isn't a big deal, but it's a deal, you know, and it adds up. It's like it's so stupid. Like the ball clearly hits the turf. They call it an in incompletion. You see it. Slow motion. I mean, that should be like – there's that's a replay official in the booth for a reason. They don't need to go to a little peep booth and, and like, the official in the field, like, having to like What are you doing? This is the this is year 2022. You have an official in the booth with 50 replays in slow motion. You can tell within five seconds for most plays. Yes, there are some plays where you need to review it over and over again. I get that. Most of them you don't. You can tell right away. It's ridiculous how long it takes. Um – Lathan Ransom. My goodness, Lathan Ransom. My goodness, Lathan Ransom. Mike Hall Jr. Goodness gracious. We learned that Lathan Ransom and, and Mike Hall Jr. are just absolute studs. Absolute studs. Um, okay. Probably don't talk about this enough. Like Ryan Day is an absolute wizard as a play caller. And I give him so much credit that he has evolved as a play caller. It's been so easy for him. I've talked about this on the morning five. Um, but it bears repeating. Um, Listen, it'd been easy for him to say, listen, we had the number one offense in the country last year, totals, total offense, scoring offense. This was all on the defense. I don't need to evolve as a play caller, Um, but he knew he needed to become more complete. And he has running the ball, um, the way they run it, when you know, they're going to run it. That fourth down play early was a backbreaker for Michigan state. And then they go deep on the very next play for a touchdown. It's just like, you know, I mean, just take, took the air out of Spartan stadium. By the way, I mean, we also learned that, that, you know, by the end of the game – no, not not even by the end of the game, but like midway through the third quarter, like Spartan Stadium looked like, you know, Ohio Stadium North. It's like all Buckeye fans in there. By the – like the mid-third quarter, unbelievable. Ryan Day is a wizard as a play caller. The way he mixes things up, you know, we're going to talk about – we've already talked about Jim Knowles a little bit, and we're going to talk about him more. But we continue to learn that Ryan Day is a wizard as a play caller, and I give him so much credit for evolving. Because, again, it had been so easy for him to have that ego like, oh, it's the defense's fault. I don't need to evolve. No, he knew he needed to become more complete for this team to be a juggernaut. And in my opinion right now, what we learned is Ohio State looks like the best team in the nation right now. Not that there's a huge gap between Alabama and Georgia, but like I I just feel like Ohio State's the best team in the nation right now, and we'll see how it plays out. But we learned Ryan Day is an absolute wizard as a play caller. We continue to learn that. And the fact that he's evolved – throwing to the tight end more um, the running game and continuing to like mix things up with his concepts in the passing game. Just, he's just, he's fantastic. He's a, just a fantastic play caller. I love everything about him. Uh, Marvin Harrison jr. We learned that he catches everything. It's just, it's just so much. It's so fun to watch. It's just unbelievable. I can't say it enough. You you lose two first round wide receivers. Um, then you lose what everybody predicted was the best wide receiver in the country, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Although, they think they'll get him back after the bye. I think you should hold him out till Penn State, but regardless, they're going to get him back at some point. My point is, basically, you lose three first-round picks and you don't even skip a beat. It's crazy. Other than the Notre Dame game, where Ryan Day has even said himself he had like so many plays drawn up for, uh, for Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, but uh, kind of took him off guard. I love Ryan Day's honesty with us in the media. Um, it helps when you're kicking everybody's butt and you're ranked at number three in the nation and you're underrated as number three. Imagine being ranked number th- number three in the nation and being underrated. Well, you don't have to imagine because the Buckeyes are that. So we learned that Ohio State's underrated at number three. My gosh. So we talked about total yards. So even total yards at halftime. Halftime, it was 35 to 13 total yards, 429 for Ohio State, 113 for Michigan State. So then uh, Michigan State ended up having negative yardage in the third quarter. <laughs> They went from 113 yards at halftime to 110 at the end of uh, third quarter. Again, Ohio State at the end of the third quarter, 600, over 600 yards for Ohio State, 110 for Michigan State. 605 total yards for Ohio State, 110 for Michigan State at the end of the third quarter, including me- negative three total yards for Michigan State in the entire third quarter. Jim Knowles was a grand slam home run hire. By the way, I'm a Reds fan, as many of you know. Congratulations to all of you Guardians fans. That, that's, that's cool to see. That's cool to see. I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. Yankees fans, pretend like, pretend like I didn't say that, but um, since you guys are going to be playing the Guardians. But congratulations, Guardians fans. Way to go. Advancing in the playoffs. A little quick uh, two-game sweep over the Rays. Good job, good job. A little 15-inning game there for the Guards um so we learned Travion Henderson got hurt again uh we mentioned that earlier you know I mean I think he's okay though they were talking he, he was yucking it up on the sideline Holly Rowe reported he's okay he could have went back in it was a thigh it looked like he got banged on the thigh he got really banged on the thigh uh, probably painful like I said but um good thing it wasn't the foot although I bet the foot's gonna linger all year man can't say enough about a mechic buka can we Emeka Ibuka, I mean, I, I got to – I'll have to crunch the numbers. Right now, Amecha Ibuka seems like he should be the, f- the favorite for the Bolitnikov, in my opinion. We'll see. We'll look at it. I'm sure he'll get knocked because they'll say, oh, it's a, he's, he's a system player. Yeah, good luck. This kid, he's got all the speed, you know, comes in with all the accolades. And, by the way, he's tough as nails. Emeka is tough. He looks like a running back after he catches that ball. Fleming's tough. They're all tough. Fleming blocks like a tight end. Xavier Johnson we continue and continue to learn Xavier Johnson is one of the best we'll say former walk-ons to come through Ohio State and that's saying a lot there's been a lot of good walk-ons come through here he's a former walk-on now but love it fifth year senior he technically can come back next year since 2020 didn't count Um, and he also redshirted one year um, as a walk-on Xavier Johnson um, you know, he's played, uh, you know, he's wide receiver this year. He's played running back in the past and he played running back tonight, basically also played wide receiver, but they basically use him as a running back tonight uh, playing some Debo Samuel role out there. Uh, love it. Kind of like what Jackson Smith and Jigba did in the Rose bowl. I mean, Xavier Johnson, how about that? It wasn't like a huge role, but he was effective. And I tell you what, it looks like he was going to get like five yards when they did one of those runs, you know, eight yards. Oh, he's going to get six yards, nine yards. He's tough. He's fast. He fits right. And he blocks. Love it. Love seeing that. Love seeing G. Scott Jr. get his first touchdown. Love it. And, and again, we learned C.J. Stroud is going to win the Heisman unless something catastrophic happens. He will win the Heisman. The backups giving the touchdown up, man. Forty-nine to twenty doesn't even do it justice. Forty-nine to twenty doesn't even do it justice. So, so there you go. We went through with all the. Uh, all the things that I glean. Let's get to some questions here. Uh, let's get the glasses on so I can actually see what you guys are asking. Let's see if Jeff Halfley and the fighting uh, Eagles of Boston College can uh, knock off our, our, uh, our boy Dabo. Probably not. All right, here we go. We're going to start right here. Fire away with questions. Okay, Roderick on YouTube. Curious who I think will win the Michigan and Penn State game. I'll say Michigan because it's in Ann Arbor, but um, Penn State coming off a bye, Michigan looking shaky. It's going to be a good one. Michigan doesn't look – they don't look too scary, do they? They don't look too scary, do they? They don't look bad. They've got guys stepping up. They've got two dudes on their defensive line that are they're future NFL studs, in my opinion, uh, Mazzie Smith, D-tackle, and then Mike Morris has stepped up at D-end. You're thinking, oh, they've lost all their pass rush from last year. Mike Morris is a dude. And then Mazzie Smith, I love those big D-tackles. He's really good. So they're better than I thought they would be on defense, but they're still not as good as they were last year. And I'm not sold on J.J. McCarthy. Everything is dink and dunk with Michigan. Everything's dink and dunk. Jake, and, and maybe he'll develop into a good downfield passer. Right now they have no downfield passing game at all. I've watched every play that they've played this year pretty much, and they have no downfield passing game. It's dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Go look at J.J. McCarthy's stats. Look at his yards per uh, attempt. Not good. Dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Throw the ball to the, the tight end shoemaker. Not impressed. And, and where's that game at this year? Michigan and Ohio State. I know we're talking about Penn State, but uh, where, where's the game? Oh, it's here, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Good luck. November 26th is coming. All right. Pete on Facebook says he's pulling for Penn State. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I never root for Michigan, so this will be – I'll definitely root for Penn State, but it won't be like anything big. T.E. Rick on Facebook. Michigan does not look tough on offense at all. Blake Corum looks really good to me. Um, their offensive line looks, they've got like three good offensive linemen, but they've got some holes on that O-line too. Right tackle was already looked like a liability and then they lost their starting right tackle today, which looked, looked like a serious injury. Uh, had to put the backup in there. So we'll see. All right. Chris on YouTube asked me, who was the pick six on tonight? Was it on the quarterback or the wide receiver? The way Emeka reacted Made me think it was on him, but we won't know. I'm sure this is one of the things. I love doing the live postgame podcast right after the game, but I don't get to be at the press conference or even like watch the press conference live. But that's when we got Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon coming at you later in the show. I should have mentioned that earlier. Patrick Murphy, Steve Hellwagon live from Spartan Stadium. You are looking live at Spartan Stadium where Ohio State again obliterates Michigan State. Where have you heard that before? They just dominated them at Spartan Stadium since 1999. That's the last time Michigan State won in East Lansing is 1999. Yeah, Michigan State has uh, hurt Ohio State a few times uh, at the Horseshoe since then and once in Indianapolis. But for some reason in East Lansing, Ohio State just – they don't just go up there and win. They just completely obliterate them in most cases. It's unbelievable. Remember the time uh Trill Pryor's freshman year in 2008? you guys remember this? It was the first play of the game, Ohio State, first play of the offense – And Michigan State's crowd's going crazy. Terrell Pryor is quieting the crowd, you know, in his, like, cocky way. He was, like, telling the crowd to settle down, telling Michigan State's crowd to settle down. Ohio State blew them out. I can't remember what the score was. I do remember a redshirt freshman quarterback named Kirk Cousins came off the bench late to actually get Michigan State on the board. Kirk Cousins came off the bench late for, uh, I believe, Brian Hoyer. Um, But Ohio State just owns Michigan State. Absolutely owns them, especially in uh, East Lansing. Yeah, I can't say enough things. Matthew on YouTube, front seven of the D looks fantastic. Yeah, um, can't say enough th- nice things about what Jim Knowles is doing. The entire, the entire defense. I mean, this is exactly what we wanted, right? Exactly what we wanted. We have Edward on YouTube saying the miscommunication on the pick six was likely on a mecca. That's my guess as well. We'll find out for sure. Although, I'm sure Ryan Day doesn't want, to, doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus. Although, with the, as well as a Mecca play, they won't be throwing him under the bus. It'll be something like, you know, Ryan Day is. He's cool as heck. He'll be like, ah, oh, Mecca played great. Everybody's going to make a mistake. Everybody's going to make a mistake. Bucknuts88 on YouTube. Mike Hall was a beast again. I know, right? Does he not look like he's like mini Aaron Donald, as they call him? My God, I'm talking about high praise. You're talking about the best defensive tackle maybe ever in Aaron Donald. Like, Mike Hall, a little undersized, but like not really because he's so strong and so quick. And just they talk about his hands being like so big and so strong and just he's quick and tough and strong and just uh, I love Mike Hall. Absolutely love Mike Hall. (laughs) <laughs> Mike is saying he thinks that it was on uh, Mecca based on something that Ryan Day is saying right now. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of people say it was probably on a Mecca. All right, a Mecca played great. Yeah, we don't need to focus on that too much. Oh, Brad, oh, Brad, Brad on, on Facebook has jokes. Brad said, did Sawyer play? He did. He didn't start. And he was in there like third series, but he didn't do much when the game was on the line. And then, oh, man. It's again. It's telling. I said this earlier. When very late in the fourth quarter, when all the backups are in, mostly. Well, yeah, all the backups, um, and most of the even the, the key backups were out at that point. Um, but Sawyer and Proctor were still in there. Sawyer and Proctor were still in there to the very end of the game, even when they pull everybody else out. Jim Knowles doesn't mess around at all. There's zero, zero, zero. Bleeping around with Jim Knowles, zero. Okay, we have a question from Jason on Facebook. Am I worried about the defensive backs? Um, uh, not too much because they don't really play any of the teams that can really like light it up. Like we'll see once they get to like e- even the playoffs. Like I mean, even against a team like Georgia, I mean I'm not worried about Stetson ben, Bennett lighting up this team. I, I, J.J. McCarthy, we're, let me, let's me let focus on that. Sean Clifford, I'm not that worried about the DBs. We're talking about the corners mostly, right? I like what I'm seeing out of some of these young corners. Jair Brown, I know he got beat on one, but I still for a true freshman, I like him. Denzel Burke played better tonight. Low bar to say he played better, but still he played better. Cam Brown got frustrated. I don't know if he came back out there, but I like Cam Brown's fire. I'm just glad he was healthy. Um, But I love the depth and the talent at safety. And, again, I mean – what quarterback on this? I guess Tunga vailoa from Maryland, but they just lost to Purdue today at home. You think they're going to, their defense is going to hold up to Ohio State mm-mm, 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 with Mike Loxley as their head coach? So, yeah, uh, Tunga Violoa from Maryland's really good. And they've got, you know, four good wide receivers. They've got a good running back. Um, they've got a good offensive line. Maryland's offense is legit for sure. But I mean, their defense will just get torched by this Ohio State team. We'll get torched. So my point is, like, am I worried about the DBs? Not really, not really. I mean, I could use a little more depth here, but like, I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. The pessimistic Buckeye on YouTube. What is my opinion of Kyle McCord? You know, guys, it's it's so so tough to tell because he's out there. They give him some, uh, you know, time to throw a couple of, of reps, but most of all, it's him like out there, like. um You know, I mean, it's obviously it's garbage time. You know, Day doesn't want to run it up too much. Maybe if it was a guy he didn't like, you know, like Mike Loxley, guarantee you he doesn't like Mike Loxley. That onside kick in 2019, (laughs) up big in the second half. uh, I see better than I hear. Um, So it's it's so tough to tell the pessimistic Buckeye. uh, Overall, I like Kyle McCord, so I'll just leave it at that. I like him, and I think it's going to be a good battle between McCord and Brown going into next year. And I guarantee you one thing about that battle, Ryan Day won't say anything publicly about that battle as far as who's ahead until into camp next year. Forget about like before camp, after spring, like into camp. Even last year he didn't say like CJ, CJ Stroud was the starter until like a couple weeks into camp with Jack Miller and true freshman Kyle McCord And Not that Quinn Ewers was in the mix, but we all knew CJ Stroud was the guy. Ryan Day knew it in spring. He knew it the previous year but he's not going to tell us is my point, but that's going to be a good battle between McCord and Devin Brown. But I like Kyle McCord. It's so tough to tell Todd on YouTube saying, love it. Dink and dunk talking about Michigan's offense. Yeah, that's all they all, that's all they do. They have no downfield passing game at all. And today their running game got exposed. Blake Coram's a really good running back. He had that 150 yard run. And I mean, it was a hell of a run. Give him to give that kid credit. That kid is a good running back. Really good. Um, I hope Mike Hart's okay, man. That was scary. He had a seizure. Sounds like it was. He's okay. Blake Corum's really good, but I'm telling you, he had that 50 yard run, and after that, Indiana bottled his ass up. And Indiana was out there with, was without their best defender in Cam Jones. Okay, without their best defender, Indiana, and then they bottled up Corum. I mean, they, there was a lot of tackles for his loss where they just came in there. There was one play, you know, Michigan's center that came in from Virginia finalists from the Remington, all this nonsense. There was a time when Indiana's uh, nose guard took the center. And just threw him back. And, like, Blake Corum, like, it was a tackle for a loss because the center got um, pancaked block back into his running back. I mean, can you can you imagine that happening to Luke Whipler? I can't either. So, so much for this Michigan center being all that. And then their, their right tackle was already a liability. He got hurt and they had to bring in the starter or they had to bring in the top backup. I mean, I think they got exposed. I think they got exposed today. And, you know, people, you know, people were saying with the Maryland game, well, Maryland's really good, you know. Even though Michigan only won 34-27, to 27, Maryland's really good. Well, Maryland's not really good. They're decent. They got beat at home by Purdue, okay. Um, and then if, that, if that ball doesn't go off that Maryland kid's face mask on the, on the opening kickoff for an easy Michigan touchdown, who knows. They have no downfield passing game with J.J. McCarthy. So, good luck. I wouldn't be worried about the game that much if it was in Ann Arbor. For them to have to come to the Horseshoe for the first time in four years, good luck especially with the revenge factor and all of the talking, good luck. UCLA beat Utah. Yeah, uh, a future Big Ten brethren looking good there. UCLA, Chip Kelly, Ryan Day's mentor. That's got to be – Ryan Day's got to love that. Um, Yep, UCLA beat Utah. Yeah, good for UCLA. That was really good. Yeah, a lot of comments about Michigan. Like, yeah, they can't they can't push it downfield. They're giving away their plays now. They'll probably correct that. They're, every time they're so basic. Every time that they have a, a guy go in motion, they're running the ball. It's like almost a hundred percent. Now they'll correct that now because it was called out today by Joel Clatt. Um, but like literally, like not literally, almost literally. Every time that they put a guy in motion, they run the ball. Man. Not good. I mean, good for Ohio State, though. David on YouTube, our kickoff coverage needs some work. Yeah, they had they they had one bad one. I tell you, Michigan has speaking of Michigan, they got a heck of a kickoff returner and punt returner and Henning. I'm so impressed with him. AJ Henning is a punt returner and kickoff returner. That kid's legit. So um Listen, they, Michigan does not suck. People are saying Michigan sucks. I'm just saying, like, compared to Ohio State, I'm not worried about them. They don't suck. They've got some dudes, including Henning as the punt and kick returner. That kid is good, really good. wants to talk about Michigan. It's so funny. Ken on uh, YouTube, McCarthy's downfield accuracy is suspect. Yeah, that's to put it mildly. That's to put it mildly. Yep. The pessimistic Buckeye living up to his name here. Dave, why do our defensive ends seem slower than the rest of the defensive line? Um, I mean, Tumalo Al doesn't have a, a great get-off, but um, it's decent. Zach Harrison, I think as we all know now, just doesn't have a good get-off. He doesn't have a quick first step. He's not a quick trigger guy. But I still think he's having a good year. I like that they've moved, they move him inside on you know passing downs and the Rushman package. He's being effective, but Zach Harrison's not this quick trigger Chase Young, Boses. Yeah, that's not him. I'll, I'll throw Baron Browning in there. How about Baron Browning tearing it up the other night? All it took was him going to the NFL for coaches to figure out how to properly use him. <laughs> I'm not even going to say the name, I'll just say Hugh. <laughs> Hugh on YouTube um, says uh, Michigan is very dependent on Quorum. If he gets hurt, they have big issues. I agree. Don, I mean, when they put in Donovan Edwards, it's a huge drop off. Donovan Edwards seems easy to tackle. Quorum like is not like a tall guy, but he's not a small guy. You know, I mean, he's not like as thick as Mayan Williams, but still, Quorum is a he's a very muscular small back. Michigan's had a lot of those, including Mike Hart himself, who I hope is okay. Sounds like he is. Going back, Jamie Morris. Michigan's had a lot of luck with those shorter, stocky running backs. Um, so Quorum's really good. But you're right. Like, if if he goes down, I don't see much out of Donovan Edwards. I don't see much. It's easy to see why Ohio State was like, okay, fine. You know, we're, we're willing to wait on you. We He wanted to commit to Ohio State, and Ohio State was like, no, maybe. But we need, we need to wait. And he was like, well, I need to know now. They were like, okay, bye. Easy to see why. But Quorum is a stud. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, keep firing away with the, yeah, two and a half sacks for Mike Hall. Yeah, I got one of, you know, him and uh, Tommy got uh, uh, half of one, then Mike Hall got two more. And by the way, Mike Hall would have had how many? Three and a half if one didn't get called back because of a penalty on Zach Harrison. At first, I thought it was a bad call. I'm like, what a phantom call. Then they played the the replay, and it was clearly Zach Harrison. It was like, he's putting his hand, like, right in the guy's face. Like, oh, okay. Maybe I should not have yelled extremities, like, uh, you know – or yelled at expletives, uh, I should say, uh, because that was clearly a penalty on Zach Harrison. But uh, effort play, nothing you can do. You're going after it. You know, you're using your hands. You're going to get up in the guy's face mask sometimes. That's going to happen. But Mike Hall is an absolute stud. Who would have saw that coming? Who would have saw that coming? I mean, and I was high on Mike Hall coming out of high school. We heard about good things about him in the spring. Man, he is the their best defensive lineman. I thought – there, one of these guys is going to step up as a stud this year. I thought – I just had a good feeling. One of, the, one of the guys is going to step up as a stud. But I thought it would be JT Tumolo Al, Jack Sawyer, or Tylee Williams. That would be one of those three. So I don't even know why you guys are listening to the show. I don't know what I'm talking about. Mo Elliott's asking, did I miss the dean? We're going to have the dean on um, shows when it's a big rec- recruiting weekend. So like road games, probably not going to have the dean on um, because – not a big recruiting weekend for the Buckeyes, but Dean's on the, on most shows, but we are going to have Patrick and Steve on as soon as interviews end. With them being on the road, it could be a while. So keep firing away with questions. But, no, you did not miss the Dean. He's not coming on the show today. I'd love to have him on. He's so busy. I'd still love to have him on just to get an update, but uh, he's so busy. I'm, I'm glad he can enjoy a Saturday night with his family. Did Ohio State just get the one turnover today? Frank on YouTube. I believe so, yeah. Looked like they almost got a, a fumble, but I believe yeah, just the Lathan Ransom interception. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. I believe so. I should have the box score um, lined up here. The more I think about it, um, but yeah, I think that was the only. Um, but I lo- don't, I love this Jim Knowles defense. They attack, attack, attack. Mix things up. Um, show one thing pre snap. Do do another um Looks like they're gonna you know blitz a gap and they come with a corner blitz. looked like they, they might come with a linebacker blitz on the edge, come with an A gap blitz. They had a, a play last week where they did a triple A gap blitz. They brought both linebackers and a safety through the A gap and the Rutgers quarterback was just like, what? and just threw the ball away. Absolutely love it. Jim on YouTube, the cornerbacks seem to lack situational awareness often in position but don't turn their heads or I, I agree. You saw Ryan Day even talking about that. He pulled one of them aside, like just, "Hey, turn around." Yeah, they they really 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 need to to clean that up, but they don't really play. I mean, Tonga Vailoa is by far the best passing quarterback on the schedule, and he's not. I mean, he'll turn the ball over. Uh, he's in very interception prone. And again, Maryland's offense is legit though. I mean, he is good, and they they're a good overall offensively. But <laughs> good luck with the, good luck with Maryland's defense sticking with Ohio State for sixty minutes. And by that was a that, that losing to Purdue today, I could see Maryland like not completely like unraveling, but like maybe not being as focused as they should be by the end of the year. I could see them losing like at least two more before then, and then who knows how focused they're going to be when they know the juggernaut's coming at them. We've got some Dallin Hayden comments, including one from Buckeyes fan up north saying Dallin Hayden looked good. We've gotten a few of those. I agree. I, I really like Dallin Hayden. You know, and kudos to him for coming in. Um, came in in June. It's hard to come in late and learn the offense. And they said that's one of the most impressive things about this kid is how fast he learned the offense. Mature beyond his years. His dad played in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, good to see Dallin Hayden stepping up. I agree with you guys. The rightful one on YouTube. People are asking about JSN possibly coming back next year, and the rightful one is rightful when he says this. The rightful one says, JSN is gone. He ain't coming back next year. That's true. It doesn't matter. I mean, he, no matter what happens the rest of this year, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going pro as he should. All right. And then this is, this is a question we get from a lot of people, Matthew, Frank, a lot of people. <laughs> and we have Edward, <laughs> Edward us. I'm well, thank you for your service. United States Marine Corps. I'm, I'm assuming you Edward USMC uh, JSN being back is as likely as Giselle accepting my proposal. Well, you, hey, you never know, Edward. You're, I mean, you're a uh, good looking military guy, you know. I mean, her and Tom have hired divorce lawyers. Hey, don't sell yourself short, my man. Um, but yeah, Jackson but then Jigba is not coming back. I think you're right. Um, you said it's as likely. I think there's a better chance of Giselle and you. Because at least there's, you know, maybe a chance. There's zero chance of, of JSN. Giselle might be on the open market, Edward. So who knows? Maybe she likes a, a military man. All right, so let's get to it. Let's get serious. So Matthew and many others, when, when is Jackson coming back? Um, I say Penn State, and I said that in our staff predictions this week when there was talk that he might come back this week. I'm like, I don't even care if he is medically cleared. I I do not care if he's medically clear, cleared tonight, and he wasn't. Or maybe he was and they held him out. I don't know because they don't specify. But um, I said, I don't even care if he's medically cleared. I don't want him playing Tonight, and I don't want to play in two weeks from now against Iowa. If you can't beat Michigan State and Iowa without JSN, you're not legit national championship contenders anyway. And last time I I checked, and I said this before the game, I mean, the wide receivers that that are playing, Emeka and Marvin Harrison and Julian Fleming, are more than holding the fort down. Play it safe with hammies. We've seen it already with JSN this year where, in my opinion, they brought him back too early and he re-injured the hammy. Again, I don't think you have to be a doctor to recognize this. If you're a sports fan, I think we all know this. Tell me an injury that – I'm sure we've got a doctor or doctors uh, that could comment on this if I'm wrong. Tell me an injury that lingers longer than a hammy for athletes. I just see it all the time in every sport. You injure that hammy, and then you feel like, oh, I'm good, and then boom, you come back, and then you re-injure it. You see it all the time in every sport. Every sport. Play it cautious. So when's he going to come back? Maybe Iowa. I think he'll probably be cleared by then, but I hope Penn State. We have some people saying that they think it's a Nick Bosa situation. He's not coming back. We have a lot of people saying that. That's not what I'm hearing. I'll, I'll be frank with you guys, as I always am. I'll tell you this about it, that he's not coming back. I was initially told through a secondary source. It wasn't somebody telling me this directly. It was somebody telling me this, that they heard this from somebody in the know. This is a couple of weeks ago. Probably three three weeks ago exactly from tomorrow. Okay. So almost three weeks ago. I was told, hey man, it sounds like JSN's done. It sounds like he's done. Okay. And then I reached out to sort. I was like, damn. And then but I was sworn to secrecy. Um, and then I reached out to sources like in the know to get some firsthand information. And I was told that's not true. Okay, that he will be back this year. It's not season ending um he will be out for a few weeks but he will be back and he wants nothing to do with sitting out the rest of the year that's not his that's not his that's not how he does business so that was great news and there gives you a little backstory there i heard like from a secondary source you know source of a source kind of thing you know and then you know very tried to verify it thank god I i was able to debunk it um haven't said anything about that till right now to you guys so um so there you go. Initially, I heard he was done for the year, and then I heard from two sources who would definitely know saying, no, no, he's he'll be good to go. But damn it, don't rush him back. Do not rush him back. Bucknuts88 saying, talk about Xavier Johnson. I talked about him already. I'm happy to talk about him more. Um, if you guys have ever read any of my practice reports on Bucknuts.com, um, two years ago, last year, before anything happened, this year – I told you guys, every time we're at practice, Xavier Johnson's making plays. Every time we're at practice, Xavier Johnson's making plays. This is a kid that repped at corner early in his career because they needed depth there. He repped at running back. He played at running back tonight. He's basically he's a wide receiver this year, but also played you know, the Debo Samuel role tonight. I love this kid. Fifth year senior, tough as nails, good on special teams as well. That was his role coming into this year. Now finally getting his uh, his chance on offense. I love it. I love those types of stories this kid's a dude. He had a great, great, great senior season, I think junior and senior season um, in Cincinnati. Small school, um, but um, very small school in Cincinnati, a private school, but was really, really good. Put a big stat. So great to see that. Fifth-year senior. And like I said earlier, you know, even though he's a fifth-year senior, technically can come back next year as a super senior. I hope he does. And he's not a walk-on anymore. He's on scholarship now. With the NIL, I mean, come on. Come on back for another one, X. They just call him X. No, don't apologize. Bucknuts eighty eight says I missed the first time you talked about Xavier. My bad. No, no, don't apologize. Like some people are just now tuning in. All good. Um, Yeah, they call him X, man. He's he's fantastic. Oh, thank you. That's the one thing that I wrote down that I forgot to mention that we learned. We learned this offensive line. Thank you very much, Matthew on YouTube. Um. We learned I, lead, I need to give the O-line a shout-out, and I forgot to do that. Uh, O-line shout-out, um, and I forgot to do that. Um, Matthew is, is reminding me. O-line, shout-out. Justin Fry, way to go. Paris Johnson, just pancaking guys. Unbelievable. Matthew's already talking about him. He wants him playing for the Bengals. I'm, I'm there for it. I love it. That whole offensive line, I love what they're doing. Dewan Jones pissed me off one time, but overall he's playing well. <laughs> I love what I'm seeing out of this O line. I mean, my gosh, we're talking up the the um, how, how much the defense has improved, and rightfully so because they've improved exponentially. Um, dare I say this O line's not too far behind. They've improved. They have not improved as much as the defense because my god, the defense was atrocious last last year. Well, at least the offense of line was like decent at times, especially in pass pro. Couldn't they were terrible in short yardage running? I love this offensive line, and Paris Johnson Jr. is the dude. Luke Whippler, um, as much as we love to give love to the left tackle position, the glamour position, center is the most important position on the O line. Um, and Luke Whippler's playing great as the quarterback of the O line. I love this O line. Thank you for reminding me about this fantastic O line, even though I had already had it in my notes and forgot to say it. Bad bat. Sometimes it's hard to read my own writing. I did. Part of my notes here says, How did Marvin catch that? How often do we say that? How did Marvin catch that? How did Marvin Harrison Jr. catch that? I don't know because he's Marvin Harrison Jr. But yeah, shout out to the O line. Buckeyes fan up north says the MSU defense was pushing the offensive line around some tonight. I mean, they had their moments when they uh, would do a run blitz. You're going to have your moments. I mean, overall, I mean, Mel Tucker is a defensive minded head coach. I just. I wouldn't say that they, I mean, okay, a few plays here and there, they got the better of them. Overall, Ohio State's offensive line I thought it was fantastic. Giselle's future husband, Edward USMC 0311. Edward USMC 0311. Giselle's future husband says the O line is elite, not getting near the shine because we take it for granted. Well, we're talking about it now, aren't we? We're talking about it now. I'm glad you guys are talking about it because you reminded me to talk about it. This offensive line deserves all the props we're giving them. C. Brown, for some reason, says, not a fan of 25-year-olds playing college football. (laughs) Talking about Jesse Murko, I guess. I mean, okay. That's kind of how it is. Jason from Facebook is not agreeing with that they pushed us around. 650 total yards and they pushed us around? Don't think so, So says Jason on Facebook. I agree with you, Jason. I agree with you. Let's get to some questions I might have missed There's so many coming in. I'm sure I'm missing some. If if, I, if there was a question you asked and I missed it, please like, repost it. There's so many coming in and I, I don't have a producer. I'm just, I'm trying to do everything all at once. Again, we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon, uh, eventually from Spartan stadium. Maybe not for a while. I don't know because uh, road games, man takes a long time to get out of, uh, out of press row. Um, but um let me check in with those guys real quick. Um, how about G. Scott Jr. getting his first? Uh, I love that. I love that. People have wondered, like, when are you going to have G. Scott Sr. back on the show? I'll have him back on the show. He, he knows he has an in, open invitation. He likes to lay low a little bit during the season because he does, you know, being a parent, you know, he likes to lay low a little bit during the season. Um, so, but I love seeing G. Scott Jr. get his first touchdown mm-hmm. and the way his, his, his teammates reacted to him. So cool. A lot of Xavier uh Johnson shout-outs here. Ken Taco Hut. Xavier is the sixth man off the off the bench. He's a complete Swiss Army knife. He is. He is. He he's got he's playing that Debo Samuel role tonight. Absolutely. Jim on YouTube. Do I have confidence Kyle McCord is going to be the next one? I'll say this. I'll say this. If he is the starter next year, I am confident because that means he will have beaten Devin Brown out and Ryan Day it, it does not mess around. That will mean that this will be a high-level competition, my friends. This will be a high-level competition between McCord and Brown. Okay, so I'm confident whoever wins that job is going to be really, really good, especially in this offense with Ryan Day coaching them up. I think it'll be McCord, but I bet you Brown's going to give him a, a serious run for his money and won't be shocked if it's Brown. I think it'll be McCord. So, yeah, do, do I have confidence in, that McCord's going to be the next one? I mean, we'll see about that. He's got to win the job first. But if he does, I absolutely have confidence he's going to do really well. Am I cheating? Is that answering your question? I hope I'm answering your question. He's got to win the job first. But like I said, one of those guys, whoever wins that job is going to be really good in my opinion. Had some Cam Bab questions. Let's get to one of them again. If I haven't, uh, didn't, if you asked a question earlier, and I didn't get to it. Please, um, resubmit Jim White on YouTube again. Is Cam, is Cam Bab ever going to get uh, healthy and suit up and play? I don't know, man. He, he re injured something. They said it wasn't season ending this time, but I don't know if he's got he, he's had four ACL surgeries, two on each knee, and then got hurt again. I don't know, man. I hope so. I don't want to rule it out. But, I mean, I, you almost think, like, at this point, you got to pull the kid aside and be like, come on, dude. We want to make sure when you're old like, like me that you can walk. Like, you're a 22-year-old young man, 23. He's already graduated, fifth-year senior, like, captain. But I get it, though. I, I get it. You know, he wants to go out. and He has, hasn't even caught a pass as a Buckeye. I, I get it. This is your last chance. But still, man, I mean, there's something to be said about you want to be able to walk, not even like with your grandkids, with your kids, period, when you've had this many injuries. I don't know. Pessimistic Buckeye. Dave, is the Ohio State quarterback one now at the level of Heisman finalist level of play or get benched? Basically saying you better be like playing at the level of Heisman finalist or you get benched. I think that Ryan Day would agree with that pessimistic Buckeye. I don't think he would think that was pessimistic. I would think he would think that was uh, the expectations. Yes, to answer your question, you should be playing at a Heisman contender level. Justin Fields did. Dwayne Haskins did. Uh, I'm not going in chronological order there. (laughs) Dwayne Haskins did for Ryan Day. Justin Fields did. And C.J. Stroud did last year. And now C.J. Stroud is going to win it this year. So to answer your question, yes. You better be playing at a Heisman at least contending level to be the quarterback one at Ohio State. (laughs) Stephen Cherry on YouTube, great, great road win. I agree with that. That's the biggest thing. Great road win. It really was forty nine to twenty. Doesn't even do it justice. Really, they still covered. The spread was twenty seven. They still covered, and forty nine to twenty doesn't even do it justice. They blew them out. They could have been sixty three to thirteen if Ryan Day wanted it to be. Stephen Cherry, great road win. But do our DBs know how to turn their head and locate the rock? Doesn't look like they do. They, that's one thing they've got. They have got to get figured out. The corners – now, the one that Jair Brown gave up, there was one on J.K. Johnson too that I thought was just, you know, okay, tip your cap. But um, the starting corners have to be better. I thought Denzel Burke was better tonight, but that's very low bar with how he's played this year. And he it, has he finally picked a number? Is, is he going with 10? This dude's I like, had like four numbers. He's a sophomore. He's had like four numbers, maybe three. 29, 5, 10. Let's pick a number, bro. Oh, look at this. Live. You are looking live at Spartan Stadium. Patrick Murphy, welcome to the show. So, 49 to 20 Buckeyes, your main takeaways. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome to the show. 49, 20 Buckeyes, your main takeaways. Can you hear me? I'm not very surprised as is happening, but we're having some connectivity issues. Now I can hear you. Go ahead. I think we got it. Yep, there yeah, you go. All right. What'd you say? All right, your Sorry. main takeaway. Well, welcome to the show. Um, you are looking live at Spartan Stadium. Yeah. I love it. Your main takeaways from this game, Ohio State 49, Michigan State 20.
3: Look, I... Uh- <laughs> It, Ryan Day was just asked about this. It's it's becoming rinse, wash, repeat for Ohio State um, in, in these games, Big Ten, non-conference, whatever it is. We have to nitpick to, to come up with things to criticize this team about and, and to write about, right? I mean, it's it's one drive where the cornerbacks were, were struggling or, or the penalties or things like that. Um, this team is just proving to be what we thought coming into the season, one of the top teams in the country. Obviously, the defense has, uh, has stepped up you know, more than I think some people expected. But uh, I guess my big takeaway is that this team just keeps on on churning things out. And this was another challenge going on the road. I know people don't think that that matters because Ohio State wins on the road all the time. But it's different, and there's a lot of different things that come with it. You don't have everyone there. Um, They only could bring 74 players, things like that. So you go out and you you put on the exact same performance as you did at home. You, You win big. It was never really in doubt, and, uh, you know, I think that's what you want to see from this team. Day talks about competitive stamina. They continue to, to do the same thing week after week, and I think that's what's important about any football team that has ambitions like Ohio State does.
2: Give me some injury updates, my friend. What are you hearing? I mean, it looked like Holly Rowe reported that Travion Henderson could have come back in the game and Ohio State trainer. Yeah. that. Um, get into Travion and maybe some other guys I'm leaving out. What are you hearing injury-wise for the Buckeyes?
3: Yeah, Ryan Day said if this game, were, you know, if this were a different game, Travion would have come back in. They didn't feel like they needed to. Obviously, they didn't. Down Hayden and T.C. Caffey handled the rest of that game just fine. Um, beyond that, you know, obviously, we'll still wait and see on Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, who, else did, who else didn't play there? Oh, Mayan Williams. Uh, I, I saw that Ryan Day said before, he, I don't think he was asked about this during the press conference but um, you know, the, the, they were just being cautious with him and we'll evaluate him throughout the, the next two weeks, obviously the bye week coming up and, and he even commented that they're aware of that. So look, I, it's the same thing every week. I think if Ohio state were, were playing in a big 10 championship or college football playoff, a lot of these guys probably would suit up that haven't the last couple weeks and last several weeks. Um, I think they know that they've got depth. They've got players that can step in and, 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 they know it's going to be a long haul. And and this is why you build the depth that Ohio State does, right? That's why you have two really talented running backs. It's why you have a deep wide receiver room. It's why you have a deep secondary, things like that. So I am not overly concerned about the injuries. I saw a lot of reaction on social media and on our message boards today about, you know, Mayan being out and things like that. 11 guys being out isn't that uncommon, especially when you've had some season ending injuries. And I think that Buckeyes are in a good spot. You'd rather everyone be healthy, no doubt about it, but that's just not realistic in this sport. So, you know, I think none of these have kept guys out that long other than the Jackson Smith and Jigba injury, and maybe if you consider Jordan Hancock, um, you know, we we haven't even really seen him play. So, you know, I I don't think it's too bad, but, you know, you you certainly would like to be healthier if you could be.
2: The total yards in this game are ridiculous. Now, Mississippi got a late garbage touchdown. By the way, I found it interesting that even when like all the backup – all the, I mean there are backups too. But Jack Sawyer and and Josh Proctor were in there during garbage time when they pulled like yeah. all the cars out of there. That's that's a yeah. Patrick- lot.
3: Ransom started this game yeah, and, and played, played most of the
2: first teams. Yeah,
3: but yeah. I mean that wasn't an injury to Josh Proctor, and and it could be a schematic thing that they decided to do, but it, it was noticeable. And and Michael Hall was only in on. Uh, cert, you know, like the Rushman package, maybe I he he just came in on very specific plays. I bet he played, I don't know, eight, nine snaps with the first team because they didn't have him in all the time. Um, so interesting there. It, it, that did not come up in the press conference. It's something to ask maybe in the uh, maybe in, in this week when we get to talk to Coach Day.
2: So like at one point there in the fourth quarter, um, the total yards. Oh, gosh, I just had it. It was 605 for Ohio State and 110 for Michigan State, 605 to 110. It's insane. I know this isn't a good Michigan State team and they're banged up, but my goodness. Absolutely.
3: I'd be, I'd be interested, in, and maybe I'll look into this during the, the off week, what Ohio State's numbers are when it's just before, before the starters come out, especially defensively. Like, I bet it's pretty ridiculous what they're holding teams to yardage-wise and whatnot when the, when the first-team defense is on the field. But look, this is a Big Ten team. I mean, this—it's not a good Michigan State team. You're right, but this also isn't, you know, a bottom of the the MAC team, right? You're coming into Michigan State's house and and doing the the numbers you just put, you just mentioned. You know, they they just—I said it at the beginning—they just keep churning these results out. It's it's really impressive what they, what they're doing. And, you know, we shouldn't be surprised. This is what this team has done. You know, going back to to Urban Meyer to a lot of Big Ten teams, but you know, I I, I continue to tell people I know. Enjoy this while it's here because, you know, this doesn't happen all the time, even though it seems like it. All
2: right, we have Steve Hellwagon here. Uh, welcome to the show, Steve. Uh, Patrick, we'll get you out of here on this. and We'll get Steve in. Um, <clears throat> is Ohio State the best team in the country, in your opinion? And give us uh, your answer to that. And any other final thoughts before we get you out of here, Patrick?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's hard to argue against it right now. I mean, obviously, Georgia has that win against Oregon, which is probably the best single win, but they've looked beatable, last week against Missouri obviously had a, you know, sort of a struggle if you want to call it that against Kent state, we've seen Alabama struggle with a Texas team that didn't ha- It wasn't the Texas team that beat Oklahoma today. They didn't have Quinn Ewers for most of that game. And, and, you know, they, Alabama hasn't looked great. Those are obviously the top three teams. I think Ohio state hasn't had a game yet where they haven't looked dominant. And so, you know, if I were filling out a ballot, that's how I would rank them is Ohio state at the top. Um, I don't think there's anything else in particular. Uh, I think I think we hit on a bunch of good stuff, and I'm sure Steve has plenty more.
2: Thank you very much, Patrick. I'll let you yep. uh, get back to work. Appreciate you uh, stopping by. Thank you, Patrick. See you, guys. There's Patrick Murphy. Now, you are still looking live at Spartan Stadium. Steve Hellwagon, welcome to the show, my friend. Um, your main takeaways, Buckeyes dominated this game. I mean, just absolute domination, 49-20. to 20, That doesn't even do it justice. Your main takeaways from this game, Steve.
0: Yeah, I think that you got to be excited about uh, the way this team played, and uh, <clears throat> there was the early interception, the pick six for the touchdown that made it seven to seven, and they never blinked. And again, said this last week, there was an early problem last week. They never blinked, and that's the thing about this team—they seem almost unflappable at this point, and uh, they just they just keep coming right back, and the next six drives result in touchdowns doesn't matter if a punt gets down at the four-yard line, they go 96 yards. doesn't matter if there's a penalty for blocking the back on the kickoff to start the second half. Backed up to the four-yard line, they go 96 yards. They are unflappable. And my answer to the question that you gave uh, Patrick is, yes, they are the number one ranked team in the country. And here's why. They have the single best unit of any team in the country, offense or defense, they have the single best unit. The Ohio State offense is the single best unit of any team in the country. They had 423 yards at halftime today against Michigan State. I know Michigan State's defense banged up, not playing up to uh, its, its uh, capability by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, still, to go on the road and do that in these conditions with the wind and everything the way that it was, they made it look easy. And uh, I know other teams have done that against Michigan State this year. But
2: uh, what Ohio State did here today was uh, nothing short of amazing to me. One thing I haven't covered on the show, Steve, I I noticed in the second half, uh, Enoch Vamahi was in there at right guard for Matt Jones. What's up with Matt Jones?
0: Uh, It was early in the game. I think he had a shoe problem or something. As I recall, I I don't recall all the details about it, but – yeah, there was uh, some kind of an issue, maybe with the shoe. I think I, I don't know. He came out, but went right back in. I thought um, I didn't think it was anything. Didn't think much of it. I know that he was back playing after that on the next possession. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there was anything wrong with Matthew Jones uh, at that situation that I recall. So,
2: I want to ask you about Travion Henderson. Man, was he running hard! I mean, he was knocking guys over. He knocked the one guy out. I'm glad that kid's okay, but. He was trucking guys. Um, people have, have criticized his vision on that 26-yard run early. He had great vision on that run. I mean, I know he got banged up. Um, what did you see from Anderson And Anderson? Uh, it's uh, real easy
0: to criticize these guys when you're sitting in your living room beating your popcorn. It's just whatever. <laughs> it's a real-life football game with people. You know, they're not uh, – it's not a video game. Dave, I'm in a little set, too, with the folks on the message board about why they don't let Kyle McCord throw the ball at the end of the game. You know why you don't have Kyle McCord throw the ball at the end of the game? First of all, so Kyle McCord doesn't get injured when one of the guys from Michigan State, who's had his nose rubbed in it now three years in a row by Ohio State, doesn't come free, play at him and knock him out for the season, and now you've got no backup quarterback, first of all. Secondly, you win with class. You're in their stadium. I don't care if they're still trying to win the game and their backup quarterback's throwing the football. Ohio State's backup quarterback is not going to be throwing the football in that situation. This is how Ryan Day handles this situation. The sooner that everyone comes to grips with it and understands that when they get it to 49-20, 49-13 on the road in the third quarter, it's done. The issue is done. It's settled. Go out to dinner. If you don't want to watch the fourth inning or fourth quarter, go find something else to do because – they are not going to rub it in somebody's face in their stadium. This guy, Mel Tucker, has a 10-year contract. He's going to be the coach at Michigan State probably for the next seven to 10 years. You think he's going to remember one day that Ohio State in his stadium rubbed his nose in it by having their backup quarterback throw the ball in the fourth quarter? Hell, yes, he is. So please engage your brains. Kyle McCord gets a tougher test Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, going against Ohio State's defense backup defense, scout team, whatever it might be, than what he was seeing out there today. So please, please find something else to yeah. complain about. And here's the other thing. The real question was what's going on at cornerback at Ohio State. And Ryan Day was asked that question. He said, our guys are in position. They're not making plays on the football. We all saw it. Cameron Brown, I don't know if he's healthy or not, but he answered the bell today. He got out there and he gave it everything he had. He got pissed off,
2: didn't he? He got Cam Brown, he got pissed off. He went over there well, and threw his helmet, and he, I don't think he came back in after that. He got mad. He, he's a, he can be a well, hothead. But I, I, I like that, though. I like that.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, he thinks they're jerking him around, and the thing is they're not. They're not. He needed to take a break to re- regroup for a second and let somebody else go out there because he was struggling. He had four bad plays. It's not national championship defense. I mean, we're sitting there in the press box and this isn't going to get it done when you're going against – NFL first-round wide receivers that you're going to face in the playoff or wherever you may see it. So, to me, you know, uh, I, I'm not – got to get that figured out. Why aren't they looking back for the football? They're in position. They're not making plays on the football, and it's costing this team penalties and big plays.
2: Offensive line, get into it. I, they're they're playing better than I expected, and I, I thought they'd be good. But Justin Fry in this O-line, Paris Johnson, another great game out of him. Luke Whippler I love this O-line, Steve.
0: Yeah, they're playing outstanding. Paris Johnson, All-American left tackle. Uh, He's having a year. I think they gave up their fourth sack in six games this year uh, today. And it was in the second half after the game had already been decided. Um, You know, I I, (laughs) – They opened up some holes today for Travion Henderson, and I mean, literally, you could have driven the obligatory Mack truck through some of these holes. Um, I used to go down on the field and shoot games. I'm not doing it as much anymore, but I used to marvel sometimes at the holes that would open up down there at that level. You could just see it, and uh, Henderson did a great job early in the game. He exploded through one of those holes. On a big gain or i think a 26 yard run or something like that early so yeah they're all playing great whipler uh you see the grades week in and week out that the pro football focus or whoever puts them out there these guys always grade high on uh what you know what they feel their assignment was and how they carried it out so they're doing a great job i mean here we are dave another game 614 yards total offense Forty nine points in three quarters, and then they, you know, they they put it on cruise control in the fourth. You know, another day at the office. You know, another brick in the wall. Get a week off to go into the hood, fix
2: what's wrong, and uh, get back to it. That's that's how it's going to go. Two more, I'll get you out of here. Um, I'll get you C J Stroud. I'm going to ask you about the defense. we will go to C J Stroud first, man. I'm on record. Unless he gets hurt, he's already. I'll I'll, I'll pull a Maurice Clarette on you. He's already got his name on the Heisman Trophy. He just has to go to New York and pick it up. Like when Maurice Correa said that about the Mr. Football Award in Ohio, when he was a senior at Warren Harding, he said, they already have my name on that Mr. Football Trophy. I just got to go down to Columbus and pick it up. He said that before the year. C.J. Stroud, man, unless he gets hurt, he's got that Heisman Trophy. I love it, Steve.
0: He's on his way. He's on his way, no question. And, and again, adversity early. He and Yuka were miscommunication. Uh, I I heard the audio. I need to go back to hear it to decipher it over what, what was thought was supposed to happen. But he obviously threw the ball where he thought that was going to be, and the guy made a great play and returned it. Came to the sideline. They hashed it out. And, of course, then you get the ball back after a pick six. They they didn't have time to stand over there and, and ruminate over it. They got right back out there. moved right down the field. Three plays later, those two hook up on a play when there's nobody within 25 yards of a Mecca Buka. He saw him. It was like he went out there and handed it to him, and he was off to the races, and he was gone, and it was on to the rest of the day. First guy in Ohio State history with three games of six touchdown passes, uh, ties the record. It's been done now nine times in OSU history, and uh, he's done it three times. So that kind of says it all with him, and yeah, he's on his way, uh, you know. Now you're looking at, at seven more games before that award will be passed out, and uh, at the at the at the half mile mark, he's uh, he's the guy.
2: All right, defense, Jim Knowles, everything he's doing with this defense, and then Michael Hall Jr., Lathan Ransom, Tommy Eichenberg again. I mean, just Jim Knowles in this defense, man. I just couldn't be more impressed. Yeah,
0: great to get Mike Hall back in the game. What a difference that guy makes! My goodness, squirting through those uh, small holes and getting a hand on the quarterback. He had. Two-and-a-half sacks, he's playing like an all-Big Ten guy. Eichenberg is playing an all-American level, and uh, Chambers could be all-Big Ten. So, uh, you know, there's three guys right there. Ronnie Hickman, I thought, played pretty well today. Eichenberg, eight tackles, uh, a pass breakup as well, a quarterback hit. He just does a little bit of everything. Um, Got some young guys in the game late as I look down through here. Uh, with Jair e. Brown, Sonny Styles uh, Teron Vincent. mean, he was shot out of a cannon yes. on the tackle for loss. That was a great play. Uh, they kept playing. When they had the lead, Dave, they kept playing. And uh, that's what impresses me is that uh, Michigan State did score a touchdown on a drive early second quarter. But otherwise, their offense did nothing today. Uh, they ended up with uh, 202 yards and really – they got maybe a hundred of that in the fourth quarter after this thing had been long decided. So, yeah, that's that's my thought about the defense uh, getting better every day. Uh, you know, people are gonna say, "Oh, they gave up twenty points." Well, seven of that came from the pick six. So, really, it was just thirteen points on the defense today.
2: Well, thank you so much for your insights, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, I kept you probably longer than I meant to, but I really appreciate your insights. Thank All right, partner. So thank you, sir. Yep. See you. I will see you at the WAC on Tuesday. Steve Hellwagon, live from Spartan Stadium. Thank you to Steve and thank you to Patrick. Great hearing from them. All right. (laughs) Somebody asked, why does it seem like Steve was whispering? Well, he wasn't whispering, but it sounded like he was in a workroom. He was probably in the photographer's workroom because Steve does – he does photography and he does writing when he's on the road for – he does a little bit of everything, podcasting. Steve's a jack of all trades and master of all. Um, He was – looked like to me he was in the the photographer's workroom, so he didn't want to be too loud. hope you guys could hear him. I'm going to run through some final questions here. Yeah, and as we've had a lot of people talk about, how about Jeff Halfley and Boston College, giving Clemson everything they can handle, three to three, midway through the second quarter in Chestnut Hill, go Boston College. I love Jeff Halfley. All right, I'm going to run through some final questions here. Tom on YouTube. Do I think the Iowa game will be a Wisconsin repeat? I mean, yeah, to an extent. I mean, I, I mean, Iowa's offense is atrocious, and um, but they they've got a, a they've got a good defense, but um, not enough speed to keep up with this Ohio State team. And um, yeah, I think it basically will be like that. Yeah, to answer the question, Tom, I think that's exactly what it'll be like. Matthew on YouTube. They posted a graphic. I saw this, Matthew. They posted a graphic that Tommy Eichenberg is the number eight inside linebacker per Todd McShay. Dave, is that too low? Is ESPN making a narrative up? Well, whoever would have thought coming into the year would even be talking about Tommy as a fourth year junior going pro after this year. My gosh. Um, Yeah, Matthew, I would say that does sound too low to me. I mean, first of all, I mean. Inside linebackers don't get drafted that early anyway, unless you're like one of the really, really top guys. Um, but Tommy's looking like he could be a second-day guy. That's hard to be a second-day guy at linebacker. By that, I mean second-round or third-round, obviously. And he's looking like a second-round guy right now to me. So, yeah, I'd say number eight looks a little low. I'd, I'd have to look at the list, though, to be frank. Um, I'd have to look at the list of the seven guys ahead of the of, of him. But I can't imagine there's seven better, especially – we're not even talking about, you know, sophomores out you know. Has to be draft eligible middle linebackers. Tommy Eikenberg is number eight. There's no way that's that's right. But in Todd McShay's defense, I don't. He doesn't have an Ohio anti Ohio State bias. I know that. I've talked to Todd before. He doesn't have an anti Ohio State bias. And in his defense, Tommy Eichenberg wasn't even anywhere near on anybody's draft board, including like all of us as like Buckeye fans and reporters and anything. Everybody who loves Ohio State, none of us thought Tommy would be this good. So the fact that he's even on. Even in the top eight says a lot, and I guarantee you he's going to be higher than that. I was kind of hoping he'd come back for a fifth year. That doesn't look like it's going to happen, does it? Oh, well. Hugh, again, I'm not saying the whole name. (laughs) If you're watching the show, you can see his name. Hugh on uh, YouTube, is Chip ever going to have a real role? Chip train him. Seems like a dude, but where? Well, his role right now is as a kickoff returner. Muffed one today, at least he got it back and then ran it back a little bit. It's almost like when that happens when Ohio State gets stuffed deep, or you know, on you know, Chip muffs the kickoff and only returns it to like whatever the 15 or whatever. Do you guys have the same reaction I do? Or Ohio State, you know, they return it and they get a penalty, you know, so they have to start deeper. Do you guys get the same reaction I do? It's like, oh well, just more yards for this touchdown drive. (laughs) It's a good feeling to have, right? But that's Chip's role right now is he's the kickoff returner. He's an emergency running back and he's the backup to Tommy at middle linebacker. So normally, I mean, he's on the two deep. You know, from are on the two deep at will, um, you're going to play. Although now, really, Steele Chambers is taking that job. They were splitting snaps almost equally. Steele and uh, and uh, Cody Simon next. steel seems like he's he's pretty much taking that job. Uh, Tommy, though, is without question, as we all know, the middle linebacker. So, Chip is the backup middle linebacker. But, you know, that's not the, that's not the, the position where you want to be the backup. Because they're not taking Tommy off the field till really late. He was even playing in the fourth quarter today. <laughs> I think Chip got out there. So, that there you go, Chip. That's Chip's role as he is the backup uh, middle linebacker, and uh, he's the kick returner, an emergency running back. And if Tommy goes pro, then maybe Chip will be the starting middle linebacker next year. Buckeye Fans Up North says, we have four talented running backs. Pryor will be back. Evan Pryor. Well, he's not going to be back this year. I think you know that, right? I mean, he had a, has a torn ACL. I know what you're talking about. You mean next year. But like, um, But then Mayan might not be here next year. He's draft eligible. Um, I'm not saying he'd be taken early, but he is a running back. I mean, you know, the shelf life, as we all know, is very short for running backs. So, Mayan, uh, I don't know if he's going to be back next year or not, but you say, well, if we have four talented running backs, Pryor will be back. If you mean this year, he will not be back this year, Evan Pryor. He will be back next year. Torn ACL in camp. Um, but I, I really like Dallin Hayden. And they still have four good running backs, because I like T.C. Caffey. That's got to be the best preferred walk-on I've ever seen, especially for a running back. That kid had one of the best seasons in Ohio high school football history last year at Hubbard. I'm not joking. Like, look it up. He had one of the best seasons in Ohio high school football history last year at Hubbard, uh, which isn't like a big school, but it's not a small school either. It's D3. So D1's the biggest in Ohio. D7 is the smallest. He's kind of there in the middle. Uh, more toward the front than the back, though, you know, D3. So not, not an extremely small school, not a big school. Um, and he tore it up. One of the best seasons ever in Ohio's high school football history. So I like T.C. as at number four. Dallin Hayden, it's a luxury having him even as a true freshman as the number three after the Evan Pryor injury. And then as Tony Alford says himself, they feel like they have two starters with Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. Um, good to have the bye week and get those, those gents healthy. Get him in here for Iowa. Yeah, Jim says um, he was questioning why Enoch Vamahi uh, instead of Josh Fryer, you know, when Matt Jones had to be taken out. We're still like Steve didn't think it was anything serious, maybe a foot issue or a shoe issue. If it was a shoe issue, I'm surprised he didn't go back in there. But um, here's my answer. Josh Fryer can play guard, but he's only been repping at tackle. He's been repping at both tackle spots. So he's the swing tackle. So if either of the tackles got hurt, Josh Fryer would go in there. I'm assuming. I mean, they like Zen Mahalski too. He's repping at left tackle. So Maybe, I'm, maybe if Paris Johnson got hurt, they put Zen Mahalski in there. But Josh Fryer's been repping at right tackle. He can play, obviously, right tackle. He can play left tackle. He can play both guard spots. But I don't think he's been repping at guard. I don't think he's been repping at guard. And Enoch only reps at guard. Even though last year Enoch uh, repped at tackle and guard, this year it's just guard. So he's kind of the first guard off the bench and Fryer's is the first tackle off the bench. And we see Fryer out there a lot in that Donovan Jackson role from last year where that number 41 is the jumbo tight end. Uh, I like that they do that. Um, so there you go. Um, there you go. I appreciate you guys. Uh, another long show here. Another long postgame show. Thank you so much to you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. Um, thank you to Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon for their insights live from Spartan Stadium. That was really cool. Hearing from Patrick and Steve live from another uh, beatdown of the Spartans by the Buckeyes in East Lansing. Um, Great job by the Buckeyes. They look like the best team in the nation right now. Uh, And now they get a week to uh, rest up and heal up for the uh, stretch run. I love where the bye falls midway through the regular season exactly. You know, after a grueling uh, training camp, six games, you get to rest physically, mentally. Uh, and then Iowa, you could play the scout team defense and be okay, uh, you know, against that terrible offense. And then the real test will be at Penn State. I know it's not a night game, won't be uh, wide out, but it's still going to be a raucous environment. I don't care if it's noon or 3.30. They'll be getting after it. And that's a good Penn State team. I don't think they're great, but they're good. And they always give Ohio State a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. Three weeks from now. Got to take care of business against Iowa in two weeks, but uh, I think the bye comes at a great time, and uh, I'm not concerned about the Iowa game. Um, Penn State will be interesting. Ohio State will be fine, though. I love the way that's Ohio State's team's playing. I think they're going to waltz into the uh, Big Ten championship game, and they're going to take care of business against whoever wins the JV division. Um, I bet it's going to be Purdue if I had to bet after they beat Maryland today. I bet you Purdue's going to win the West, Um, but um, the JV – and then we'll see. We'll see where the chips fall if Ohio State's able to make the college football playoffs as I think they will. Um, at 13-0. We'll see where the chips fall. But I love what I'm seeing out of this team. Thank you very much for you guys for joining me. Appreciate it so much. Hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Hope you enjoy your Sunday tomorrow. Thanks again to Patrick. Thanks again to Steve. Thanks to, to all of you. Really appreciate it. Great game out of the Buckeyes tonight. Thanks, to all of you. Go Bucks.